0: Thank you for tuning in to the Black Money Tree podcast, hosted by entrepreneur, investor, and philanthropist, Jerome D. Love. We are committed to teaching you how to build wealth so that you can build your community. At the Black Money Tree, our goal is to empower wealth creation and create economic self-sufficiency in order to empower generations to come. Society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they shall never enjoy. Powered by Wells Fargo Bank. Welcome to the black money tree podcast welcome to the black money tree podcast i'm your host jerome d love and i'm excited for another episode of the black money tree podcast and i'm ex- excited about the black money tree movement because our goal is to help you build wealth so that you can then build your community And one of the best ways to build wealth, the easiest ways to build wealth is real estate. Everybody needs a place to live. Everybody needs some land. So today's episode is going to revolve around real estate and investing. And I'm really excited about our guest. But before we go there... I'm gonna announce that Texas Black Expo is celebrating our 20 year celebration, May 18th to the 21st in Houston, Texas, with NBA legend Magic Johnson. So I wanna encourage each and every one of you guys to come down, get a table, get tickets to our luncheon. It's gonna be on May 19th at Houston at the Marriott Marquis. And if you are a vendor, you don't wanna miss this opportunity to get a vendor booth, promote your products and services to thousands of people one place, one weekend. And if you'd like to learn more about the opportunity, go to texasblackexpo.com. Or if you'd like to schedule a call with us, go to book.texasblackexpo.com forward slash callback. So really excited about what we're doing. And we're looking forward to seeing you all there. And um, let's get into today's episode. So today's episode, we have a bona fide real estate mogul here in i missed and a a husband and wife team that's doing some amazing things i follow them on social media he's one of my frat brothers and forgive me if i get the wrong uh the title wrong but we have mr Corey and candace muldrow with m group capital is that correct that's That's right right. all right i got it right all right well welcome to the black money tree podcast thank you thank you for having having us (laughs) All right, so let's jump right in it. Real estate. A lot of people, when they think about real estate and investing, everybody just thinks it's easy money in real estate. Um, You guys have done it. You make it look easy according to social media, but I'm sure there's some challenges along the way. Let's talk about that. How did you get into real estate? And what are some of the obstacles that you see that stop a lot of people from getting into the real estate game?
1: So Candace and I, we got started, um, you know, kind of like everybody else. You know, you read Rich Dad Poor Dad and you <laughs> get the idea of acquiring assets, not liability. So that was the principle that kind of got us going. And, you know, Candace and I like we we like to find the shortest path to our our goal, to our destination and um, you know real estate was it It, you know you you buy the asset it produces cash flow that cash flow begins to replace your earned income and ultimately you get to where you want to go after a a certain amount of time so we found a mentoring group up here in uh, dallas which you know anyone who wants to get involved in real estate is so much better to do it on your uh, uh, with with a mentor or a team because it cuts out a lot of the mistakes and the costly errors that could happen. So anyways, we, we joined a group up here in Dallas and we got some training and education. And, um, before we even bought our own first home, you know, to live in, we bought a rental house. Um, and, and that- let
2: me, let me stop you right there. Cause it's an interesting story. We were actually planning our wedding. When Corey was like, "Okay, it's great that we're planning our wedding, but we are going to buy a rental property before we leave for a wedding. We were doing a destination wedding in Cabo. So I'm in the middle of planning a wedding. We've got uh, buying our first rental property before we even bought our first home Um, and all that that came with, you know, renovating a property. you know, getting at least. And so we did, we did. We we got at least before we left for our wedding. And that kind of started our foundation of our marriage together and our partnership and we're partners in every way. But um, it was a little annoying at the time, but I'm so glad Corey pushed us. because it started us on our real estate journey and we wouldn't be here where we are today uh, without taking that first step.
0: Now, let let me just go a little bit further. So people know just the magnitude of what you're doing, because I'm very impressed. I think you I saw a post. Once again, I follow you guys on social media. Uh, I think a month or so ago, y'all closed on another unit and I saw something where you were over a thousand units. Is that correct? Or how many units y'all got now?
2: So we're at eight
1: twenty
0: six. Eight twenty eight. Eight twenty eight. Okay. Eight twenty
2: eight. Yeah, we're we're getting close to that thousand Okay. mark.
1: Getting close.
0: Yeah. So how many? Uh, let let's say. Well, what's your business model? How does one? Well, let me back back. You started with a rental house. You're now into apartment complexes. How do you make that transition? And how quickly did you make that transition?
1: So we started with single family in 2015 and we uh, bought one of those. And uh, like Candace was saying, it was right before we got married. And um, we, we started cash flowing immediately. It worked out real good. So we're like, all right, let's do it again. It's working. So we bought a couple more single family homes um, and uh, we, we kept going. And then uh, we, we found out about multifamily and we started uh, investing as uh, limited partners in multifamily. So think of uh, multifamily as a a multifamily investment as an airplane, and you have your captain, you have your co-pilot, and then you have your passengers. So we were the passengers on the first multifamily investment we did. So basically we we invested with the pilot and co-pilot and they ran the deal. They they took it from acquisition, rehab to uh, disposition at the end. So, um, and we were along the ride for that entire flight. So we watched that. We did a couple uh, partnership investments in multifamily, and then we decided to go ahead and take the pilot role ourselves. So um, we uh, start. Like I said, we started in single family in 2015. And then by 2017, we bought our own 18 unit with some other partners.
0: Okay. Okay. So let's talk about that. How much of, if you're starting out, it sounds intimidating, buying an apartment complex, buying a house. My model was cash. You know, I started out. Let me back back. If you don't know my full story, I, st- I bought my first house when I was 2000- I was about 22 in 2001, 2002. By the time I was 26, I had about eight units. Well, the market turned and all of those houses I had loans on. And that was when hmm. money was cheap. So most of the houses that were <laughs> worth 100, I had taken loans out for 110, pulled equity out and done it again. So when the market turned, the houses that I owed 110 on that were really worth 90 were upside down. So I lost them all. I then mm-hmm. became very debt-averse. So I wanted to do everything cash. So when I started down the model that I'm on now, I bought my first house for roughly $10,000, put $25,000 in it, and then I rented it for $900 a month. Easy math, 35000 down. 9,800 a month, 30% return. That was for Hmm. me like, oh my goodness, I want to do this again. And I did it again and again and again. And, uh, Hmm. but you guys did a different model. You guys leveraged debt. So talk about, about raising the funds, the capital and the need to have um, debt to, to build your business.
1: So what we did, um, you know, we use the, the leverage approach because, you know, basically leverage increases the amount of work that you can do. That's like the kind of the fundamental uh, definition of leverage. So you take uh, $1 and you're able to do the same amount of work that five will do. So, uh, or four will do depending on, you know, the type of loan or debt that you do. You so uh, what we did is um, we took that same approach with uh, commercial multifamily. So you take a uh, uh, a deal that costs the first deal we we bought was one point two million I think was what the cost was, and then we came in and we uh, we raised about six hundred grand to purchase that deal. Now that includes the renovation, and we were very conservative on our first deal, so it wasn't a very high leverage leverage deal, because obviously you could do a lot better than what we did. But we 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 were very conservative on our first loan. And um, so the idea of leverage is it gets you to your goal faster.
0: So let's break that down. One point two million six hundred thousand capital. That's 50 percent. Is that standard going in?
1: That is not standard going in. But I mean, when you're brand new and you're trying to learn the business, you want to do Things a little bit more conservative until you fully understand that you're able to do it you want to de-risk the deal once you get better at what you're doing and you understand the mechanics the workflow the renovations once you understand and, and feel very confident then you can move on to more advanced um, you know financing
0: So, Candace, now, I know your role is more kind of the operation size, the developing the systems. Talk about how important that is in terms of growing and scaling a real estate enterprise.
2: Um, It has been one of our most challenging parts of our business is, and most important part of our business is our team. And as we've grown, as Corey mentioned, we started with 18 units, now we're up to 826 units, um, and we've got a team of over 25 plus employees. So, um, and we've grown very, very rapidly, especially in the last uh, two years. So, it's been a lot of growing pains for us, um, going from you know one employee essentially to you know over 20. Um, but um it's the most rewarding part uh, we just went to an event for the apartment association of tarrant county where we were nominated two of our properties were no- nominated for property of the year
0: oh, wow. and
2: four of our team members were nominated for individual professional awards so what we do to be successful on the operations side is we make sure that we pour into our team. Training and education is super important. Being involved in the apartment associations is super important. We actually paid for um, apartment certifications for several of our team members. Um, so we, we invest in our team and um, Corey helps a lot. He's on the analytical, he's got that analytical brain when it, um, especially coming from the medical background. Um, So he's helped develop a lot of our um, digital forms for our um, property reporting. And so all of our company is digital. We hardly do anything on paper. So that's helped a bunch. And um, so I'm, I'm mostly working with our team day to day, making sure, you know, They've got what they need. They're following our, our policies that we're giving them the, the, the support that they need to get the job done and, and to do a good job.
0: So let's talk about a good deal. Uh, either one of you can take it. I don't know who does the prospecting. How do you find a good deal and what constitutes a good deal for you?
2: Well, I'm just going to I'm going to say something and then I'm going to pitch this off to you because Corey's more on the acquisition side. That is his role. He's more asset management acquisition. But whenever we go after a deal, because this is a true partnership, we work together on, well, what are we looking for right now and are we going to do a deal right now? So we're always doing deals, but we, we still ask each other, you know, are we going to do <laughs> a deal this year? How many are we going to do? but um mostly for us you know we, we 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 have been looking for distress distress properties um that require a lot of exterior renovation a lot of um uh fixing operations on the inside and that have properties that have been completely mismanaged by previous ownership And then we work to um, get those properties running and looking the way that they should and improving the communities around them. But I'll let Corey talk about more of the kind of details of how he finds deals.
1: Uh, so yeah, basically where I start is, you know, you want to know what your comp set is basically, you know, what your price per square foot is, what your price per door is. You want to know all those, those variables. You want to know what your rents are running for, um, in the market. And so once you find all that information out and you know what, what you can work with, you go and you start looking at the, the individual assets, okay. What is the price per unit that they're selling this thing for? What's the price per square foot? Once you do the math on, you know, the square footage of the property, okay. Are their rents under market? OK, um, by how much? And then you calculate what that difference is and you, you put a value on it based upon what's called a cap rate. And you calculate uh, what that difference is and what the potential upside could be once you get the property running the way it should be running.
0: So is your business model, from what I've learned, Uh, there's a couple ways to make money in in the multifamily game. My goal has always been cash flow. Now, the Mm -hmm. the reason for that is just because I've been an entrepreneur since I was 19 years old. I never really had that steady income or the quote-unquote good job like a lot of other people. So while I'm out trying to build businesses, I needed to have a stable income. But Mm -hmm. a lot of people will flip. They'll look at, when I tell them I invest in real estate, they ask me, do I flip? In multifamily, from my understanding, there you can get, I'm going to put it in my language. You find a distressed asset that's underperforming. You invest in it a certain amount of capital that's going to increase the exterior appeal, enhance the systems, which will then increase the rent, which then increases the value. Do you then mm-hmm. flip them? Or do you just continue to cash flow them? What's your motto
1: There, it depends on the asset, and you know, really, it's kind of, it's kind of like, it's kind of like your children, right? You know, this is a bad analogy, but is this your problem child or is your angel child? If it's your angel child, you're gonna cash flow. If it's your problem child, well, you know, that that, that, I don't, I don't know if that's a good analogy. That's exactly
2: our properties, but also you can have your plan at the beginning you know you have your business plan whenever you go after a deal um however um sometimes you have to shift and pivot based upon the economic factors um where we are right now we really didn't expect to be in in the economy maybe a year or two years ago Mm -hmm. so um and some of our current deals we've had to shift so maybe we've had a deal um, or we do have a deal that we were planning to more so flip, you know, maybe keep for a couple years or less. Um, But because of what's going on in the market, we've decided to hold that one um, a little longer than we would have originally planned. So that's another thing in real estate. As long as you're capitalized to be able to hold on to a property, if there is a shift in the economy, you're still gonna win. So um, it's very forgiving, whether you're in single family or multifamily, you just be have to be able to ride the the wave.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what I always tell people is the only reason I would sell an asset that's performing is to get a, another asset that's performing at a greater level, you know? So if I have a house that's making me 20% per year, why would I sell it? The only reason I would is if I'm going to get another asset that's making me 22, 25, and I need the capital for that. Mm -hmm. So yes, that's the same philosophy we have. (laughs) Awesome. 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 And I'll tell you, I've never sold a house yet. And I I keep all mine, (laughs) you know, uh, I recently, just uh, acquired some debt on them. Bought another one. Bought a couple lots. About to uh, do a couple duplexes. Um, when I initially did it, the goal was to scale up and start doing some more multifamily. I've done some syndication deals on some multifamily type stuff, but not personally. So talk about the family dynamic of it. You guys, y'all, y'all, y'all look like the all-American uh, couple, you know, uh, and y'all are working together as a team. How do you marry the two—the business—and then the, y'all have a newborn? Where do you see this going from a legacy standpoint, a generational web? How cognizant of, are you of those things? What like, can I say? That.
2: <laughs> well, we're we think about it every day, and that's what drives us. You know, it is extremely rewarding to be at a place in life where Corey and I, our desks are, really, are literally right next to each other. And, um, you know, we go to work, we come to our home office, our son is with the nanny and, and the, the living areas of our home. And, you know, when we want to get a hug from him, we step outside our office and get a hug from him. And um it's just it's been a process, kind of as you said at the beginning. It may look like this has been easy, but it's been um we've had challenges, we've had ups and downs. Um, but working having each other um gives us the confidence to to keep going because we do have each other. And um so yeah, it's it's been it's been a fun ride.
1: And you gotta know when to turn it off. Um, you know, that's the challenge when you're when you're a hardcore grinder, hustler, blah, 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 that's not the way to live. You have to turn it off and you have to get in the moment with your family.
2: I'm glad you're saying
1: that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's funny. That's funny.
2: Corey
0: my, okay my wife is uh my wife has been very involved in my business as well she's done my property management she does all of that stuff so I couldn't do anything uh without her uh but so before we go for that first that person that's working on a job hit that glass ceiling know they need more passive income and they're trying to get out of the rat race what are the one or two first steps that you would share for them to going down this path of building generational wealth and getting cash flowing assets like you guys have done successfully
1: the first thing i would recommend is find someone that you can talk to that's done what they want done what it is that you want to do you you shouldn't ever try to do anything on your own that's not that's that's a sure way to run into problems and have issues so find someone who's done it before like and if
2: you can't find an individual to do it join a mentorship group yeah um you may you know that's you know that has a good reputation that you know people that are been involved and um have done well and uh you know it may seem expensive it may seem like uh, you know i don't know you know what you're looking at but for us When we joined it was pretty pricey um the the mentorship that we in education group we joined but we looked at it as an investment in education just like we paid for our college education um why not spend you know this money on educating ourselves on the way to do real estate and have someone to support us and a mentor to get us through where you know to where we want to go and that has jet packed us
1: tremendously um, we probably cut 10 year, 10 15 years off what it would have taken you know someone trying to do it on our own
0: no i think that that's great information and it's certainly what I always recommend is getting a mentor. Well, our time is up. It has been a pleasure having you on the Black Money Tree Podcast. Did you want to share any closing thoughts, any social media handles, tags, where people can follow you, find out more information? Sure. Feel free to look.
1: Reach out to us on at uh, mgroupcapital.com. It's got you know social media stuff and all that kind of stuff on there. It's got our contact information. Feel free to reach out with any questions. Jerome, thanks for having us here. Uh, we appreciate it, Frat. Uh, we uh, look forward to a, a wonderful event with you guys at the Black Expo. Yes.
0: Thank awesome! You for having us. Awesome. Well, we look forward to having you as well. And thank all of you for tuning in to the Black Money Tree Podcast. And make sure to mark your calendars, May 18th through the 21st, Texas Black Expo's 20-year celebration with NBA legend Magic Johnson. Be sure to go to the website, texasblackexpo.com. If you want to get a vendor booth, go to book.texasblackexpo.com forward slash callback. Someone from our team will call, give you the personalized service that you deserve to help you get your vendor booth. And we're really excited about our movement because economic prosperity truly creates awesome communities. So thank you guys so much again, and thank you for tuning in to the Black Money Tree podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Black Money Tree Podcast. Don't forget to like and share this video. And if you want more content like this, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next time.